The following program is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas and is also available at recordinglibrary.org. Thanks for joining us on Free Speech. Basically, this is just a sit-down with some of the leaders in our community. We're hoping to get a little peek as to who they are, not only politically, but personally as well. Republican or Democrat, liberal or conservative, everybody's welcome here. Because at the end of the day, no matter what your political affiliation, we're all nothing more than a few people just trying to sit down and figure out how to make the world a better place. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Free Speech, everybody. Once again, we have a very special guest. Uh, you know what, Bailey? You're you're the big fan here, so I'm gonna let you introduce our guest today. Well, I will let her talk about herself because <laughs> she has an amazing story. Um, go ahead. I'll let you take the mic. Well, I'm Kim Olson. I'm running for your uh, Texas Commissioner of Agriculture, and I'm here visiting uh, Midland County because there's some good folks out here in West Texas. And who doesn't want to come to West Texas in July, right? Yeah, That's fun right. times. Yeah, come on, Chris. <laughs> 109, yeah. But just as a, a backdrop, I'm a 25-year veteran of the United States Air Force. I was in the first generation of female pilots, so I got to be kind of a trailblazer back in the day. I flew the KC-135, which is the refueling platform, which I literally pass gas in the air. Nice. <laughs> I do it all the There's time, just oh. on a much smaller scale. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to ask, do you prefer to be called Colonel or Kim? Kim is fine. Okay. You can call me Kim. So after uh, I spent, like I said, 25 years in the military, retired as a, a colonel. Thank you for that, Chris. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd like to thank all those vets out there that serve their country. Uh, um, appreciate your service to our nation. After I retired, I went into education. I worked for Dallas ISD and their school systems. I sat on a school board uh, for uh, two terms. And then, you know, women were coming back out of Iraq and Afghanistan, and there wasn't a safety net for them like there was for our, our brothers in the service who had been doing this business for a long time. And so I ran a nonprofit for six years, helping women veterans reassimilate in their families. We worked with about 6,000 families. Texas is very good to their veterans. And we have the, we try to be. Yeah, the highest population of vets in, in the country because we are that good uh, to our vets, both men and women. Is that your uh, Grace After Fire yeah, that's organization? Yeah, we okay. can talk about oh, that's that cool. after a while. And then uh, just on the farming side, you're like, okay, well, that's all interesting, Kim, but what does that have to do with agriculture? Well, it's because I'm a fourth-generation farmer. I have grain fields. We do corn and soybeans. And then I do what we call regenerative or permanent agriculture, sustainable agriculture in Palopino County. Those of you that are familiar with mineral wells, I mm -hmm. live off the Brazos River, <laughs> and we raise pecans and fruits and I was, bees. I was going to ask, you, you're a pilot, so did you do any flying on the farm? I know a lot of people, uh, that their kids do the crop dusting and stuff like that. No, Chris, I didn't fly on the farm, but we did land on it one time, and I about sucked the seat cushion up. <laughs> My husband did it. I'm I'm a I'm a big you know big concrete long runway kind of girl, lots right. of power. But it was my husband that was born and and raised on little airplanes, so he's the one who flew. We did have a plane for a while. Her name was Sunny. Oh, nice. Yeah. One of my best friends is a pilot. He started out with private props, yeah. and yeah. now he flies like King Airs for for. Good. People privately, but good. I'm I'm a total fangirl because Aww. I that's a good thing. I right? I'm yes. learning this, yes. right? Yes. That's a good thing. Girl crush I, and fangirls. I, I am fangirling right now um, because <laughs> I race cars, and so oh, good for you. Yes, something you know that's very male dominated. It is flying. You know, being a pilot, and I actually read about you. Um, I was at the bank a couple of months ago, and there was not, a magazine not a wanted poster. No, no, no. I, no okay. it, it wasn't in the America's Most Wanted, but. Um, <laughs> 
I I actually heard about you in a, an article I was reading about that you were one of the first women to do that. So um, it is an honor for me. To she meet really is. She really was. Aww. And you know what? Since this is kind of a girls' club, I think Abby should come over here and take over. Come here. I will take the pictures. Yes, come here. You come over here. You've got a great voice. You got this. Oh, my gosh. That's what an enlightened man looks like. Don't be shy. Get on over there, Abby. Continue to take your mic. No, 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 no. no. You're in the pilot's seat now. This is all you. Come on. I'm not. There you go. You you do such a good job. Just we have the questions. And Hello. No, y'all, y'all are having a great conversation, and Bailey knows enough about this young lady right here to. Uh, oh, f- oh, bless you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a Chris fan. So. <laughs> well, Abby and I were actually we looked at all of your old pilot photos. They're gorgeous. <laughs> oh my you. goodness, you are stunning, yes. oh, and you still you. are. Yes. You, Can you, I shrink you two up and take oh you in my, my pockets yes. where I go? We would love to. <laughs> we were Let's talking, go. and we both we decided that you should ha- you should be on a calendar. Aww. You know? Yeah. Um, Anyways. Thank you. That's that's very kind of you. But, you know, there there were a lot. Let me just say this. And, you know, there were women that went before me that allowed me then to fly airplanes that, mm-hmm. you know, going back 100 years, got us the right to vote, got us to be able to serve in the military, the WASP out at, uh, at Sweetwater. There's a whole museum dedicated to them who flew in World War II. And so what I'd like to think is my generation with gray hair, chemically altered gray hair, <laughs> you know, we took those doors off the hinges so that women like uh, M.J. Hager, who has a Purple Heart from uh, saving folks in Afghanistan, could then later fly in combat and do do the mission that we that we are asked to do by our country. So I feel a part of a kind of a trailblazing generation, but I'm just so glad to see the women that come behind us that are so smart. I'm glad I didn't have to compete with them back in the day. Right. <laughs> These are some brilliant women well, and men. If you had like a message to two women of our generation and younger, um, like what is that message? You got this. <laughs> no, you do. And here's okay. why you got it. It's because, look, you, I don't want to go back and tell you how hard it was when I was uh, – that's just we're not going to do that because our journey is way different than yours. So we shouldn't have to always revisit that. Mm-hmm. You will have different challenges that we have. But the beauty of your generation, and what I was telling one of the, the gentlemen that's riding with me, is that, look, you all grew up with – the men did at least – with powerful moms raising them, mm-hmm. most of them working. Think mm-hmm. about that. They grew up with women sitting next to men in their math classes and their engineering classes and women photographers and women in the press and, and women in all segments of our society. So you have this incredible, enlightened generation of men who aren't afraid to share power Mm -hmm. with you, unlike mine. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's just that's the way it is. And so you are at this wonderful time in our democracy in which shared leadership between men and women, between Mm -hmm. diversities, is what our country needs right now. And I think that speaks about what's happening to us on a national platform. Without to get all politico on you, it's... Look, we all know that when you put diversity around boardroom tables, higher profits, better decisions are made. I will tell you as a senior officer, better decisions are made when you put diversity around war room tables. More lives are saved. Better better decisions are made. And if we can get diversity around political tables, we will have better policies and mm-hmm. we will have a great democracy. Yeah. We will. I love I love the way you put that, like shared power. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I hear a lot of women who are just very much pro women's rights and just um, a part of this feminist movement, but it's it's almost um, 
unbalanced to right. where it's like, okay, women are now taking over and exactly. men, you don't, you don't matter anymore. We don't need you. And I really like, I really appreciate how you emphasize the shared power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I give speeches to women, I wrestle this thing off in groups, I, I say you need to surround yourself with five types of people. And if I may, since we're on the leadership trail here, you better find somebody who, who is way older than you because you want someone to learn from that's cut, cut their teeth on something so you don't make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. The second person you want is somebody younger than you, mm-hmm. someone who that you can mentor up because mentoring and training up your replacement men are very good at that mm-hmm. we women kind of struggle and that's just something that is a learned skill set and so those of us in the military had a closed personnel system you had to do it because you were only in the job for two years right. so if I didn't want my all the work I had done to open doors for women to close back up I had to train mm-hmm. replacements to, to think and be accepting of that so you train somebody younger than you the next person you surround yourself with is someone who doesn't look like you think like you you know talk like you or anything like you because why because it's a diverse world we have a diverse market you know anyone who doesn't have boards that have diversity on them are nuts because you're selling to a diverse market let's just talk economics Mm -hmm. and then the last person you better have is you better have an enlightened man because the reality is men are still the power levers of this country they earn more money than we do in Texas we women only make about 78 cents on the dollar but we're the spending power Mm -hmm. women our power is in our purse where you spend your money says what it is about your value mm. system. Where we budget our money tells us what it is about our value system. And I know you count because mm. you're a good counter. I've only given you four, so let me give you the fifth one. <laughs> and the fifth one is, girls, you have someone who's your friend. That's the one you go and have margaritas with, and you cry in your soup because the boys are being mean to you. You cry because, you know. This, we that, go and, and we cry about Chris over exactly, there. Exactly. Yeah. You go and cry about Chris. <laughs> but you don't do it with your boss. You don't do it with your champion. You don't do it with, with the guys. You do it with your friend, mm. and, and it's a different person so those are the five folks that I think you and and think about it there's no way I could have been a colonel in the United States military had men not said ooh Mm -hmm. you know she's we need to get her to be a leader because we see the skill set she brings to the table wasn't Mm -hmm. the gender that they wanted at the table it was the skill sets trust me the jet didn't care that I had boobs you know it just wanted to know how well I could fly it Mm -hmm. I love that instead of feeling intimidated they were like we need her Mm -hmm. you know and I think that's some did well, yeah, I'm sure you ran into quite uh, some challenging situations mm-hmm. in your tw- 25 years, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then I did three years with the Texas State Guard. So that was a, and again, so, male dominated. So right. what brought you to the agriculture uh, aspect of your life? Like, why are you so passionate right now about running for this yeah, position? That, that's a really good question. And, and I just, you know, I'm passionate about running because I really do believe we need leaders in um, in our political system, mm-hmm. reasonable leaders. And, and I don't really care what side you're island on. Well, I kind of do, but, you know, I care who you vote for. But I, I, what I want to say to the audience out there is vote the leader. Vote the person. Vote who you want to represent your what you what is most important to you. And what I find after being on the trail for almost 15 months and visiting 178 counties is this. We're more alike than we are different. Mm. All you got to do, and what I'm doing right now, is walking farms, visiting fields, sitting across family dinner tables, because representative government is about going out and listening to you mm-hmm. and then representing you in Austin, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what our democracy is built on. So what drove me into agriculture is because, again, that's kind of, I think I have dirt in my veins because I, I come from a farm. Farming background. My hubby's a farmer. I'm, like I said, fourth generation farmer. I farm now. I've been farming for over a decade. But the thing that really gets me is when I worked with women vets at Grace After Fire, what we found is if we fed them well, they got well. No matter what happened to them in the combat zone, if you would feed them well, they would get well. 
And so let me just take that a step further and say, okay, well, those are vets. Okay, I get that. But let me just let me just tell the listeners out there this, what we got going on in our elementary school. What we have going on in our elementary school all across the state and pretty much all across the nation is an obesity epidemic. One in every three kids in elementary school is obese. I'm not saying overweight. I am saying obese. And if mm-hmm. you're obese in elementary school you, school, you are on a fast track to type 2 diabetes before you ever get your high school diploma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you a little bit about type 2 diabetes. It's a long disease. It's a brutal disease. And it's an expensive disease. Right. So it's economically unsustainable to have a third of a generation of folks sick yeah. with type 2 diabetes. And oh, by the way, we're raising a generation who will not have the lifespan we have. Mm-hmm. Let me repeat that for dramatic effect. We are raising a generation for the first time in mankind's history who will not have the lifespan that we have. Because of the obesity and Because of obesity and all the problems that that brings. And diabetes is the number one most preventative disease. And if you don't care about it because it's those kids, if you don't really care because if those kids don't grow up and take jobs, you better care about it from an economic point of view because it will break our back as as a country. So we have to do something about it. And the Department of Ag has great say in the policies and what goes into school foods. We feed 3 million of the 5 million children every day free and reduced lunch. I was at your food pantry in Odessa. I was at the food bank in Midland. You know, so I see what we're doing in the summertime to bring kids the most vulnerable of our society mm-hmm. healthy food and not just children. Seniors, 60 right. and older, who are on fixed incomes. Right. The thing I hear about Midland areas, you have you know really expensive housing issues and so your income especially those on fixed incomes you have a real tight margin for food medicine food seniors make those choices every Mm -hmm. day so whether if we can bring them access to affordable nutritious food and not that i'm a you know uh oh you can't have a donut or a a cupcake (laughs) i love a good cupcake but that's not the breakfast of champions every single day and you ask any teacher out there retired teacher what a kid's like coming off a sugar high at about nine o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. they're learning is not that good so Mm. i'm very you know as you can hear in my voice i'm quite passionate about this so i think we can make an impact in the next generation of of kids we have another podcast called eyes on psych where we focus on mental health and we've actually had Ah. uh, quite a few guests come in and uh, speak about the correlation between nutrients and Mm -hmm. mental health Mm -hmm. exactly and And, you know it's that's very insightful that you would touch on that because uh on my website, votekimolson.org, you will see all the policy papers that we write, all the issue papers of things we hear about in the field. And the one we just wrote about within the last month was about that the farmer suicide rate just went above veterans. Wow. Yep. I'm sorry. And that's probably me, something say that, that one more yeah. time. Let say me, that again. Let me say that one more time. The, the highest suicide rate sat with veterans. We, do, we lose 22 vets a day. Farmers and ranchers just exceeded that. Do you, do you know why? Yeah, you read my paper. There's a couple reasons why. Number one, farming is a lonely business. Mm-hmm. All the weight of your family's profit lays on your shoulders. You have to battle Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Once you get that crop in the ground, you got one time a year to harvest it. Think about that. One time. One chance. It's yeah. not like you can slow an assembly line if your workers don't show right. up. It's mm-hmm. not like you can repair stuff and just hang on. And even if they can't, even if they get their crop out or they don't like we're having issues with our tariffs right now, that payment on that tractor still has to go. Whether you make a profit mm-hmm. on your, your corn, soybean, sorghum, whatever it is, that's one of the, that's the, the work of it. The other is the mental health side of it. For every one person that needs, every one 
uh, mental health provider, there are 100,000 folks that need help. Wow. So there's not enough mental health providers. And the last thing, and you're going to ask me about rural Texas, which I'm big about, is that they can't get access to mental health Mm -hmm. providers. But if we would bring broadband internet into rural Texas, <laughs> like we brought electricity and water and made broadband a public utility, then you could do telemedicine, mm-hmm. just like we did from the field, just like we do in the VA. And you would call up your mental health provider. You could have mm-hmm. a conversation about it in the middle of a, the field on a tractor if you wanted to, but at least you'd have access to some kind of mental health provider. But that's the other reason is there's no access. And the last is, and I hate to say it because I grew up with vets, you know, farmers are kind of like vets. We're a stubborn lot, and we don't like to admit that we need help. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're a whole lot stronger man or a woman, vets out there, farmers out there, to admit to you, maybe yourself that I need to go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's okay to ask. It's all right. right. You don't right. have to ask for help. You just got to say, I got to talk to somebody. Right. Yeah. doesn't she make you it. any less a guy. doesn't make you any less of anything. Because sometimes it's stronger to admit that you need something than it is to, mm. to take it all on your own. Right. Well, you, you're a vet and a farmer. I know. So, um, so has there been any, first of all, how has being a veteran affect, affected you or serving as a, as a pilot? How has that affected you personally? And I guess also as a farmer, like, has, how has that affected your campaign? And personally, I think is where we're going with that. Mm-hmm. Is that? Well, I was going to ask just like, so we're talking about mental health and mm-hmm. how both of these mm-hmm. um, are key factors to it. Has that affected you personally um, in terms of mental health? Like, did you get have to get to a point to say, hey, I need to talk to somebody <laughs> as a vet Great and question. as a farmer? Yeah. Very insightful. So I'm going to pivot a little bit on that one. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, no one goes to combat and sees the human heartbreak that is war and come back and comes back the same. Right. And I think if you weren't impacted by war there would be something wrong right. with you, right? Mm-hmm. War is brings the worst of humanity out and it can bring the best. So once you have done combat, once you have served and seen some of the uh, consequences of our choices to use the blunt instrument that is war, um you do have it impacts you it mm-hmm. impacts you personally it impacts you on a spiritual level it impacts you on a psychological level and impacts you physically physically mm-hmm. it takes its toll on you because it's it's pretty um, demanding physically to be in be in a combat arena so it's okay vets and i'm going to talk to the vets out there who might yeah. be listening to to not be the same person and this is what i would say and this is i'm spinning back around or tie a bow around this with your question you lived to tell the tale you lived and mm-hmm. bared witness so that you can bring all those experiences to the forefront at some later date in your life and whether it's helping other vets like i did the women because there was nothing for women in texas when they all started coming back i'm talking three hundred thousand women did tours in iraq and afghanistan and there was really nothing for wow. them so i knew what they were going through so therefore it made me a better ceo for the nonprofit, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i could empathize with that they were going through and i knew exactly what they needed which was different than the men so that's number one the second thing is that once you have that experience under you then you can speak truth to power about how to use our most precious resources which is our sons and daughters who wear the military uniform today and i got skin in the game Mm -hmm. i have a son that is wearing an air force uniform today 
and he is launching aircraft. Mm. So I, I now am a, you know, a mom, just like 1.2 million other families out there who have men and their young sons and daughters who've joined our service. So there it brings me the ability to speak, like I said, truth to power. And then the last thing, it gives you credibility to sit across from the table from some tattooed up seal six guy who's mm-hmm. made of iron. And I go, I got it. I yeah. see how you're holding your mouth. Yeah. Come on, I'll buy you a beer and tell me your story. Right. And they're good with it. And sometimes that's all they need is somebody to listen. Mm-hmm. I don't have to validate them. I don't have to fix them. They just need someone mm-hmm. to listen and not judge. And, wow. the, and, and listen to me, the vets that are out there that might be struggling you find that guy, whether it's belly up at a Starbucks, belly up at the VFW, you find that guy. And we will walk you through this because we know exactly what you're going through. And you do not have to do this mm. by yourself. Full stop. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you're you welcome. for sharing that. And, yeah, I hope all of our listeners are listening, like, yeah. with the heart. We have, yeah, we have quite a few veterans that, that listen, yeah. visually impaired veterans, too. So that's fantastic information awesome. for them. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you mentioning the visually impaired. Um, so that is who we serve here at the recording library, um, or it's a large audience. Um, do you know anyone specifically um, or in your life who has who is blind or has suffers from visual impairments? Well, my mother-in-law had the macular degeneration, so mm-hmm. I understand that. Um, I, there was a, a senior I used to go read to. Because he couldn't read anymore, and he uh, he was a preacher, and you know loved to read, so you just sit and read to him. So it's kind of and cool. you have a good voice, you have a good a reading nice, voice. Yeah, I'm sure he nice, enjoyed that. Yeah, that was good. That's and what good. are a few of your favorite authors or books? Well, I try to read you know self improvement books. Right now, obviously, um, I'm trying to read all the books about uh, women running for office, and guess mm-hmm. what I discovered. What's that? There just aren't any. <laughs> so I'm going to have to write me one. <laughs> I, I, th- I, th- I was going to say, I think should. you should write yeah, a book. I, I wrote a book already. I wrote a book called Iraq and Back Inside the War to Win the Peace. And it, and I wrote it to, we have it in the car. I can send Andrew to get it to you, and I'll donate it to you guys. Yes, and you, you. And if you want, if we have time, I will. I've not, I've not read it after I published it, but somebody can read it to your Absolutely. To your listeners out there, I would be honored if you would yes. let me donate one of your books, and then then your vets could go. Oh, we yeah. would we love like that really so much. Isn't that cool? All of our Texas Book Hour listeners, because we have that on our show or on our uh, station every uh, every day at noon. Nice. Uh, we feature a Texas book, so I'll be looking out for that. We're definitely going to read that one for you. Okay, there you go. There, there you go. So, and when are the elections? So our elections for Texas will be on November the sixth. Early voting starts October twenty second. So you know, if you want to go and vote mm-hmm. early, mm-hmm. mail in ballots, meaning those, especially those are that are are, are handicap or some disability seniors, they can do mail in ballots, and that starts, I believe. Correct me here. On, I think it's October the 6th. You apply for mail-in ballots, and then you someone can help you fill it out um, as that works, and then mail in your ballot so that you don't have to come to the polls. So it's pretty exciting. We're less than 100 days right. from the election. We're, we're working it hard, and we're just, you know, and here's what I would say about, about this country and our election and, and voting. A lot of people, it's your civic duty to vote, and it's like, but... Voting is exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of the women that marched 100 years ago to yes. give us girls the right to so vote and the enlightened men yeah. that made it happen, right? Mm-hmm. Think about 60 years ago when we had civil rights to get people access to the polls. I mean, this is exciting. We worked really hard mm-hmm. to get this girls and so you know you should go to the polls like you're going to the prom and nobody has to ask you right and you bring somebody with you and you get into that voting booth 
And it is the one place in our nation in which you are an absolute equal to everyone else. Your vote Mm -hmm. is equal to everyone else's across this entire state and the entire nation. It's the only place that ever occurs. Why would you not do that? Why would you ever give that up freely? I mean, how exciting is it to be able to go vote? Well, I'm going to vote. <laughs> Every, yes, everyone, please go vote. <laughs> please, everybody vote. Yeah. Well, I just thank you so much for for coming and for oh, sharing. You're welcome. And, um, I'm, de- I'm gonna let, I'm gonna turn it back over to Chris. Don't worry. But no, I, you're doing great. You're doing but, awesome. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I don't know why he has me on here. She's um, never done this before. So. You, did. you did great. <laughs> but I want to just, I just want to thank you personally uh, for being here. You're an inspiration to me, and um, and how you shared about the importance of agriculture is important to me because I I'm not a farmer so to me I don't I haven't really studied on okay well why would like why does this matter why do I need mm-hmm. to vote for this but hearing you talk about um, the schools and, mm-hmm. and our, our diets and diabetes and this next generation that's coming up and we need to eat healthy and how um, how the policies that we um, that we choose and we enforce now will affect the, these issues um, that has opened my eyes tremendously to the importance of it and so I just thank you for sharing thank you for educating us and um, and thank you for letting me on the mic <laughs> I'm gonna give it back to Chris so it seems my work here is done right yes no, so I let can't. it be written so let it be done I uh, I've got a few questions Shoot. for you I've, uh, we had a sheriff on here not too long ago nice. and he towards the uh, end of the show disclosed to us this really weird thing that he has the ability to do he's a certified hypnotist so ever since then i've been asking all of our guests if they have any weird abilities uh talents anything like that anything that's just strange that somebody wouldn't expect from you (laughs) oh my god for the first time i think i like to color See, there we go, right there. You go go from a a pilot to a light color. That's that's perfect. I love it. Okay, those adult coloring books. Oh no, my my fiance loves those. She has at least postcards, and then I send them off. That's my thank you card. Actually, not a bad idea. I I buy a bunch of color postcards and I color them. Still got that personal touch to it. I like it. Well, it helps to settle me down. I'm I'm pretty. I'm wired for sound. Well, I, <laughs> I thought you'd like that one, Chris. Yeah, I do, I do. Have you broken the sound barrier? Oh, heavens, yeah. Oh, so, That's part of the deal. So, yeah, no, you can't break sound and then be wired for it, ma'am. No. Nah. <laughs> we used to tell, you know, I was an instructor in a supersonic jet, and that's one of the things in the syllabus, you go supersonic. So the kid, you sit in the in the back, and it's a tandem, it's a T-38, and he sits in the front, and you're in the back, and, I, and you brief him. It's just because we're... Sometimes we can be mean as instructors, and it's like, okay, so when we break the sound barrier, of course, you know, you're sitting in front of me, so I'm not, you're not going to be able to hear me. So, because the sound, you know, is going to travel back, and only I can hear you, you know, and so (laughs) you break the sound barrier, and so the kid's up there trying to signal you. See, that's, that's we entertain one, ourselves while we're going supersonic. That's one <laughs> thing that's on my bucket list that I don't think I'm gonna get to to get to. I, I've done pre, I've done so many awesome things on my bucket list, but uh, being in a jet that can break the sound barrier is one. I just don't see how I'm gonna make that happen. 
Well, so, let's see. We could get you over to Wichita Falls to Shepherd. Oh, really? Ninjet, yeah. Do something nice for them or something, and then they'll take you up in a T thirty eight, and you'll break the sound barrier. Then, see, so. I, I'm okay mm-hmm. with with screaming like a, a tiny you know mm-hmm. grade school girl when nobody can hear me because I'm going faster than sound. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I think I would. I mean, I've jumped out of an airplane. You know, I've, I've done that. I've done all, all all kinds of cool, fun stuff. I'm a huge adrenaline yeah, junkie. Yeah, let me just tell you. so. Okay, so here's my jumping out. You know, pilots do not like to jump out of perfectly good airplanes. <laughs> Just like, but this was on my bucket list. My hubby bought me this, you know, jump out of an airplane. I'm like, hey. Anyway, so we go up. You get up to about 10,000 feet. And, you know, they open the door. And I'm tandem. You know, I'm, I'm strapped to somebody. And I go to get out onto – you walk out onto the wing. And I thought – my mind is like, are you out of your mind? What are you doing? Oh, my, we're going to die. You're going to throw up. And then you're going to die. You know, this is my brain. <laughs> and I'm trying to be all cool, you know, because they know I'm retired. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. You know, so we get out. And off we go. And it's like <laughs> – <laughs> you hit terminal velocity, you fall for about 5,000 feet, and my heart is in the pressure on your chest. I did not like it at all. But once the chute popped, right, and poof, and I'm like, hey, this is the greatest thing since life spread. My husband was a granny. He goes, I could hear you from 4,000 feet. <laughs> that is and what crazy. what happens is your adrenaline, you're just oh, surging God. adrenaline. I get down, I'm like, we've got to go dance. I've just jumped out of an airplane. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh you're kind of like shaky turn. afterwards. Oh, I know. It took me three days to settle down. See, that's crazy it that you felt that way, because in my experience, I was... I was nervous. I don't like being in planes. Oh well. So once I got once I got out of the plane, I was like, "Woohoo!" I I wanted to jump out of it. I was just like, "Please, can we jump out of it now?" So so, (laughs) I wasn't. It was okay. (laughs) uh, The only thing the only thing I didn't like was once you get up there, you know, to where you're about to jump. It's cold, and this was in the dead of summer. So I'm just like, "That's true." At about uh, four thousand feet. Yeah, fifty six degrees. I think we jumped from ten thousand feet. So I was pretty cold up there. Yeah, I was. uh, I was. I was like, "Can we just get down to where it's warm again, please?" But no, I, I enjoyed the free falling more than I enjoyed anything because it felt yeah. like you were flying. I didn't have that fluttering of the heart when the now when we I was the exact opposite when the chute opened. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm ready to be down now. <laughs> so, That's funny. I'm fangirling too, by the way. I can fangirl. Did, yeah. Is what, what is the what is the male version? There is no no no. There is no male version. It's like a man crush. Yeah, no, but that means he's crushing on a guy, yeah. right? Well, a man I have to look all this up now. And well, Google. see, see, fangirling is it can be done by guys too. Okay. It's like because you know how, uh, like when the Beatles back in the day, when they would go out on stage, girls would actually scream and faint. That's fangirling. It really has nothing to do with what your actual gender is. Okay, so okay. It's, not, it's not gender specific. Gotcha. No, no, no. It's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I can go, you know, zero to 102 in six seconds in a car, but I have a roll cage, okay? I have something around me that's metal, uh-huh. so I don't, y'all are giving me anxiety talking about jumping out Do you out get planes. G's when you do that in a car yeah. like we do? Yeah. Not, uh, definitely not as much, okay. but okay. You, yeah, you feel it. You okay. Know. Interesting. But, yeah, you're you're an amazing woman. Um, uh, I think you've made a few votes just in this building today. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, everybody. Please. Uh, when was the election again? Uh, it's November the sixth. November the sixth, so and it's... early voting is when October twenty second. I just want to remind everybody, because and, and myself, if you're not registered to vote, you can go to the uh, Midland County Annex, which is right there on the corner of Scarborough and A Street, and you can register to vote. You have to be registered by October 9th in order to vote in this. Election election and please vote for kim olson colonel kim olson oh, i'm you. sorry I, I feel awkward not calling you by your proper title so That's all right <laughs> thank you kim thank you're you welcome. so much you're welcome
This program was a production of the Recording Library of West Texas and is also available at recordinglibrary.org.